Must have gotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skill, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you! This is the Handshake Agency Podcast. Welcome to episode number something or other of the Take <laughs> We're done already? Willie five? And Are we five? I <laughs> yeah. don't know. I've been on holidays. Yeah, how was it? Mate, it was good. I went up the north coast. A bit uh, of family feeling time. Very relaxed. I've got the Hawaiian shirt on. How was it just going up there for like four or five days coming back? How is Sydney hit you? Does it hit you at all? Like, do you understand? Like, does the energy just change? I'll tell you what, that North Connects is unreal. Yeah, that's good. How good eh? I'll tell you what's not good coming into Woolloomooloo and then the tunnel there and there being heaps of things and going, oh, I'll go up here and be smart. Of course you do. And then 25 It's gridlock. It's like, gridlock. Oh, it's a pit. Fucking torture. Sydney's torture. Come on, Sydney planners. Your shit together. Do you know what? How can they not organise a city in the first place? It's not like our podcast. This is a whole nother grown. podcast. This is a whole nother podcast. Let's let's <laughs> Sydney shit by William. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? Not much. Went to the slipper with um with the great Joey oh, Johns on Saturday. I that. mean, it wasn't. It was good. Like Maddie Hill puts a good a good show on, and um we just went out there, drank a heap of free piss, and um had a bit of a punt. You know, I'm not that much of a punter. And I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I lost a fair bit of money. You're starting to actually. You're coming good now. But I got good you? tips. It yeah. looks like it. Looks like half decent, so I don't know. I don't. That's not, that's not an issue. I want to. Um, no, I don't want to. We get don't that need one. to. I don't need. I don't that, need right? another issue, mate. Did you follow the producer? He lost. Just I don't I know. know. Yeah, he had doubled up on it too. So confident he was mm. that he lost twice. Good. <laughs> uh, all right. So William, I'll tell you what has happened in the last little week. Poor old Queensland has been hit by some more COVID cases. Um, the farm at Byron Bay, which is a Bronny restaurant, a couple of Bronny blokes yeah. and three blue ducks. They've uh, was that the joint? Yeah, that was it. Oh, yeah, them and the Beaches Hotel. Okay. Um, so it looks as if apparently homemade Vegemite doesn't save you from getting COVID, <laughs> even though it's got no nasty bits in it. But um, mate, what it has done is it has thrown a few things up in the air with, I guess, the team. So the Bulldogs, your old mob. They had to go into a bubble. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys and the Titans have been rushed to Sydney now to get them away from yeah. Queensland in case that nut job Palaszczuk shuts the whole joint down again. Yeah, I'm glad that they've got a, the protocol in and I don't think it's going to affect any teams. It doesn't look you like know, it. You know, this time last year, everybody was just, you know, it was a free-for-all. You know what I mean? Like people didn't know how to organise themselves and, you know, it was, uh, it was up to the coaches to really galvanise teams. Nobody knew what was going on. Now, this is not a shock to anyone. I think they expected this to to come around at least like once or twice in the year. And, you know, they'll just go into the protocols and nothing else will be phased. When they say Canterbury in a bubble, what do they mean? I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure. Um, Does it mean they can't like go out to restaurants? And yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Year? It's yeah. like um, I think they've got stage two or stage three, like straight into that. All they can do, everybody involved in the bubble, in the club, that's that's it. They can go home. They can't leave. I mean, they can go to the shops. They can't they can't leave. All that kind of stuff. Just don't be associated with the public or anything like. They can't eat at restaurants. You can't do all that kind of stuff. So that's um, that's just the way it is. I don't think it's um, it's nothing new to these guys. I'll tell you what. If you're the most because most, most of them were in bubble last year. Yeah, all these guys, all Sydney teams, and all you know Melbourne, all, everyone, the whole NRL. So this is this is not new to these guys. If I played for Canterbury, I wouldn't want to be seeing the general public either. <laughs> it's probably I'd a good thing at the moment. Probably a good thing at the moment. You want to be you want to be going around Bankstown Square at this time. I don't need feedback like they would be getting. <laughs> uh, one thing as well that has been 
dominating the press is the 18th man. So the 18th man, there's a couple of knockouts on the weekend, a couple of bad ones actually. The level of injury this year, I don't know. The thing is, I haven't seen any information about Obviously, there's a lot of injuries this year, yeah. but and the game's faster and the rule changes and things like that. So, obviously, Cronulla cleared their bench. I think the, the the Raiders on the weekend cleared their bench. So, what they've done now is the 18th man rule, where as of round five, an emerging player can be the 18th man, and then if there's three concussions in a game, which you know is, is unlikely, let's be honest, yeah. then they can sub in this 18th man. My issue with it, first of all. How do you make a rule in one week on the back of three two games. games or three games? And second of all, already people are saying that people are going to rot it. Yeah. So how do you prevent that? And do you even need the rule in the first place? Mm. Very reactive. Very, very reactive, especially after three games. I mean, I think at least you need some data on these um on all these injuries and the HIAs, there's so much more around it. You can't just be so reactive and, you know, the, the, it sold papers and it was like clickbait and all that kind of stuff. That was a narrative all weekend. I didn't think Volandis and the crew at the NRL would change. So easy. You know, there's no data saying that people are getting um, knocked out. You know, I mean, it's easy to say people are getting HIAs more prevalent now because of the HIA rules, the protocols, you know what I mean? We're trying mm. to protect these players. But clearing the bench that one time, it's happened... The Cronulla, Cronulla cleared their bench. That hasn't happened since the interchanges. Like I started in 2000, that was, I think it was unlimited interchange. Then from 2001, it was 12 and then 10, 8, where it is now. There's never been an instance where, I'm not sure, don't fact check me here. I'm sure someone will, but I don't think a, a bench has cleared. So it's very, very reactive. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded that, you know, some of the coaches and everybody's whinged about it. And I'm pretty sure not many, not all the coaches are whinged about it. You think Penrith have been? Like all the coaches that didn't lose their players, they wouldn't give a shit. It's part of the game. It's a contact sport. I mean, these HIAs, it's, it's going to happen. This is a contact sport. These boys are big and strong and fast. They connect, man. You're going to go out. We're just trying to protect players. Injuries like Kiri, you can't help that. They're unrelated. Shoulders, unrelated, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But we can't be so reactive to this kind of stuff. Then to the 18th man, being a emerging player, what does that like, mean? Come on, man. Like, I was, was saying, we discussed this morning, it was like, you know, you pick your 1 to, to 21 they play. You know, one, they pick, yeah, you know, yeah. 1 to 17, then you 18, 19, 20, 21. They all warm up. They train with first grade all week. How do you differentiate from that, just say the 18th man? Usually if you look at a good team like Penrith and like Canberra, they've got some really good first graders being 18th man. But they're first graders. They're not emerging players. So how do you pick this emerging player? Who's, does he have to be in reserve grade? Does he have to be from a certain age? So this is all the grey area that, we, that, that we're discussing where I think they've only put these, this emerging player in because of the fact that people think they're going to rot. Yeah. They're going to rot the thing. So they go, oh, we're just going to put a, a young kid that hasn't played much first grade. What about that kid who hasn't made a first grade debut? Just this is a situation that could happen. First grade debut, he's 19, 20 years old, young halfback or whatever. He's emerging. Two of the best, two of the middles go off in the um, – for the starters, two benches go on. That's his first grade debut against Penrith at Penrith Park or against Melbourne in, in, at Amy mm. on a Friday night. Do you really – that could knock the fucking shit out of that young kid and he couldn't come back. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just don't understand why they put, put emerging. You have to play a certain amount of first grade games, one to 20, no first grade games. 
it's, it's, it's a lot of gray area there. And I don't think coaches don't want to put that kid in. I think that's what you're talking about, being reactive. They've now got a week to work it out what emerging means because they've announced that it's happening, but they haven't announced what it is. And so they've got now exactly, you know, eight days to work out yeah. what that actually means. If you pick an emerging player who's a back and then three HIAs happen in a game and three concussions and, 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 and I, look, I'm not saying that the game shouldn't be taking head knocks seriously at I think they are. You know, there's there's protocols in place. Players can't go back on the field. Players can't play the week after if they don't pass certain certain sort of protocols throughout the game. So I think that's important. But what I don't understand, just say Sam Walker's your 18th man mm. and you lose Lindsay Collins, Warrior Hargraves and That's three, what I mean. Three and props. that's going to happen. Yeah. And like then you got, you're going to put Sam Walker in the middle? Mm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it. I don't. I, I don't believe it does either. It's just very reactive. And I thought Valandis and his crew would have actually thought about this instead of making a decision over three games, pretty much one weekend actually. Yeah. You know the HIAs were crazy over the weekend, but you know the the Canberra situation with um, Sebastian Kidd and Ryan James, man, that Sullivan kid, like it was just it's unlucky, but it's you know you sort of got to time these things. That Sullivan's about five foot. These two blokes are six foot four, and mate, six foot two. They both come in pretty high. And then he ducks, and it was just like, bang, massive head collision. Mm. You know, it's just um, a bit of awareness with your tackles. I think people have to be a lot more aware in defense. In a, in, when you're tackling someone, I, don't, I think the, um, the head slams pretty much after Felice Kafusi, that, that pretty much has to be eradicated. Otherwise, that's going to happen all the time. Um, but, like, everything else was pretty much, like, it was the tackle tech was a bit off. Or you're just getting knocked out, like just say in contact, you know. But like, if those things didn't happen, people weren't wouldn't be this reactive to anything, you know. Like but just a couple of incident incidences that really fucked the whole thing up. How do you? I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're talking about how they're going to rot it. How can you rot it though? You like, can't. I like, I mean, I'm sure some smart ass has already come out and said, "Oh, if you did this and you did that, and you do you think? Yeah, a head do you think? Do you think it's good to have three? people off in a HIA You've so you can got, use the 18th yeah. man. It's not. And that's what they've they've put it in place. I don't think it needs to be in place because it's not a bonus. It's just, I think, it's just a, a safety blanket. Yeah. Just so we don't have a team like Cronulla have their whole bench clean, cleaned out. You know what I mean? I think that's about, that's it. That's the only way. I don't think it's ever going to be used, to be honest, because mm. I don't think anything like this is going to happen. So did they just bring it out to shut everyone up? I think so. As Sounds I said, a bit just, it looks looks very reactive to me. I don't think they haven't done any research on it. It just looks like all right. The coaches, a few coaches, have, have whinged about it. The media has been complaining about it, and they've just reacted. So I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a good thing. I just think it's very reactive. And I, I also don't think it's going to be in practice. I just don't see how it. You're not going to be game planning to get three of your boys out so you can get an emerging kid on. Yeah, Fuck that. Unless it's Suwali or something. You. <laughs> And he's going to be in that picture. Yeah, I well, mean, I just don't, I don't, I just don't like it. Emerging, yeah. It's, anyway, I'm sure they'll work it out. We can have a look at it next week, I guess, when they decide exactly what they're going to do. But yeah, for mine, it just seems like a bit of a waste of time. Um, what about how much better half the sides are than the other half this year? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. You, you know. We, we, I mean, we're, obviously we've got great sponsor with, with bettingsite.com.au and, and you look at the markets and you just go, oh, I can't remember a time where you've got five favourites. You've got, like, it's a two-horse race mm. and you've got people with a line of 15 and it's just it just looks like every game is a potential carve-up. 
Yeah, I think it looks like that. I never thought – I mean, the salary cap has been working for so many years. The competition is so even. But then, like, until this year, like, you can see, like, the Bulldogs, how low they are, and the Tigers, even though the Tigers won on the weekend. And um, and if they play against the Panthers and stuff, it's just light years away. Just in the halves and the hookers and everything like that, they're just, they're just nowhere near as good. These guys train as, as hard as each other. You know, it's just, it's just so weird and disappointing from – from a fan's point of view, because if you're a fan of like the Bulldogs and stuff like that, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening right now? So is it roster management, you reckon? I mean, it how, is roster how management. It, it goes deeper than, um, you know, what you see on the, on the weekend, the 17 people. You know, it's, um, it's, it's your general manager, it's the, it's the cultures of the club, it's, the, it's just the, the recruiting. You know, they don't play, some players don't get recruited well, the development is off, it's just... And most of these clubs at the bottom, like the Tigers and the Bulldogs, they don't do that well. Tigers. And the salary cap is strict. Tigers will finish seventh. Um, look, I think... <laughs> Not the, a chance. The, the, well, the, I picked the Bulldogs as well the in the Tigers, top eight. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. So the Tigers... Look, I think the Tigers are a poster boy for shit roster management. And another example of that is Moses Wumbai has just come out um, today and he's basically said he'll cop... He'll go somewhere else if someone pays half his wage, basically, and the Tigers are probably have. He's another example. If you look over the last year, and, and we keep we used to joke about the the most expensive Reggies in the world, mm. when the Tigers had, you know, Russell Packer and Josh Reynolds and all these blokes, yeah. Madalino. The Tigers roster management, everyone's got the same salary cap. Yeah. So how do you get it so wrong? And how do people that are making those decisions? You worry about sacking players and coaches. Yeah. Surely they're the first. The GMs and CEOs—they've yeah. got to be accountable for it, and the development officers. Yeah, you know, they're the ones bringing to the coach. I mean, the head coach can do a little bit of hunting, but like he's not doing that much. No, you know, like even with the Bulldogs, they—they're still blaming Des Hasler for for the debacle the that they've been going through for five years. But it's the, it's the cattle. They haven't they haven't developed young kids. You know what I mean? Like they haven't developed any any young superstar in the game. For the last five or six years, how many years can Des be apart, be away from the from the Bulldogs, and you're still going to blame him? And he's too busy stuffing Manly up now. So yeah, and I mean, look at, Man- look at Manly. About. I mean, it's just and it's just players out of form as well. You know, like the Bulldogs are just aren't playing good. Yeah, but I just look at the side and go, they haven't got a good side. How I look, is at, the, it? I look at Manly and go, you got a half a decent side. You shouldn't be this bad. People talk about the Roosters and the Sombrero and all that, but at the end of the day, Josh and Brett Morris took unders to go to a side that were going to win comps. So yep. you look at sides, and Melbourne are the same. Melbourne will take, you know, they've got they've had the same business model the whole time. They get four or five good players, and then they take up emerging players in positions like you know the centers and the wing. They take discards. Yeah, they get them super fit. They get them bought into that whole culture. And then they improve yeah. as footballers. Then they go somewhere else, they get a big contract, yeah. and they go nowhere. And I just think it's the development of clubs. So I remember when I went to the Bulldogs when I was younger. I was 17 years old. And you were just so far – they put you so far away from first grade, it was ridiculous. Like when I was a young um, up-and-coming kid, that's all you were. You know what I mean? You had to earn everything. You couldn't wear the same – you couldn't drink first grade's Gatorade. It was an honour to get your locker. You know what I mean? It was like a celeb- – it was like a – it was – it was a celebration, you know what I mean? Like Jason Heatherington gave me my like I was like it was one of the pr- proudest days. Um, you couldn't drink uh, first grades Gatorade. There was just levels to shit. Now these kids are coming out and pretty much just going straight into that. So there's no culture being built. Like when you played for the Bulldogs, it was an it was honour first of all to play for Bulldogs. And regardless if you come in first or last, 
you're expected to win. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the culture of the club. You win. Once you put that jersey on, you're expected to win. I don't give a fuck where you come from. And it was such a hard, it was a, such a hard road to get there. And I don't think it's that hard anymore. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's just the and you just spoke and it's just that grit and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of fans and friends and you know ex players and that we just talk. It's like what's happened? How does this team go from what it was like just say fifteen years ago or ten years ago to what it is now? You know, how, how long do you blame Des Hasler for? Do you know what I reckon changed a lot of things in terms of that? It was that NYC. You know, they had these under-20s mm. coming around and, and playing on the same day as first grade and walking around in all the same gear and thinking yeah. they were superstars. And, like, and we then, used to walk around. We couldn't even get the same gear as first yeah. grade. I was walking around with a fucking sports factory shirt on. I was 17, 18 years old. And they got Nike. And I'm like, I want that. You know, there was pictures of stuff in the gym. It was like uh, all the internationals and all the best first graders, a couple of pictures. I'm like, I want to be on that fucking ward. You know what I mean? They give you some things to aspire to. You go in the gym now, they've got all that kind of stuff there, but I'm not sure where it's missing from, from the jersey flag to the reserve grade to first grade. There's levels to shit. You can't just come in as a superstar young kid and think that you fucking kill it. But that's just, maybe that's just society right now. That's just maybe all the clubs. But I don't think it is all the clubs. Because I've spoken to other clubs at Melbourne and the Roosters in Canberra. There's levels to things. Their culture is like that. And I don't understand why the, the Bulldogs in the culture that I know has gone. And I'm talking to players, players and I'm talking to administrators that have been there, people that are involved in the club. And they're like, what the fuck has happened? You know what I mean? And I don't really understand it. I'm not sure Trent Barrett does. You know, Baz is trying to, like, Obviously, respect the culture of the club, but try and build his own, trying to build his own team there, and they're just not responding, mm. and it just sucks because it's such a successful club. You know, it's supposed to win. It's not like one of those teams that rebuilds for five or six years. You're supposed to be in the fucking top eight every year. Do you know what, Will? It's actually not that a successful a club for the last five to ten years. You that's what at, I mean. Yeah, it's that's a big. Dip. This is a fucking. That's a this is one dip. of the glamour clubs where you're supposed to come out of school and go. I'm going the dogs. Now they're going. They want to go to Penrith. They want to go to uh, Parramatta. They want to go to the Roosters. That's nearly on the last little leg. Is you, you're talking about the Bulldogs? Glamour club. I don't know. Belmore, William. Yeah, that's the fucking winning of the club. Oh, man. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I'd rather go to the Gold Coast still if I was playing. Uh, one thing as well that we do need to mention is the uh, pressure gauge. Oh, last yeah. week's pressure gauge coaches. Apparently this week. Todd Payton and Trent Barrett are number one and number two. They've coached a combined total of six games. Six games. So that's definitely they should get the ass. We've oh, got a, we're going to have a pressure gauge in our. Um, we put the pressure gauge on their journals. They've swapped now, haven't they? They got rid of them. So yeah, I'll the get you sacked. The pressure gauge now is within the podcast, and the producer's under the most level of pressure surprise, for a number surprise. of reasons. He's number one. He's the biggest asshole. He got his tips wrong. He's just bullshit. That isn't it. Like, how do you put Trent Barrett and you know, like Todd Payton? They've got no cattle. Trent Robinson's fifth. Trent Robinson. Is Craig Bellamy up there? He's number eight now. Yeah. So, How yeah. dare you put those blokes in there? They, they can have losing seasons for fucking eight years and they still shouldn't be in the top eight. Let's just go. At, so Craig Bellamy came out this week and, I mean, Paul Kent has been having, I don't know if there's some sort of personal issue there or whether Paul Kent's just decided that he's going to have a crack at Bellamy. But um, there, it's got a bit personal and Bellamy's basically come out and said he's had enough of it and I don't know it's like if you look at what Craig Bellamy's done in the game and the success that he's had and the way that he has created an environment down there where there hasn't been 
men that have been involved in in off-field dramas, like they've got a really tight ship. And you look at all of these things like the wrestling and the chicken wing and all that that he's supposed to have designed. He sat Mm. there in his little lab and thought of all these things. Is is that sort of criticism justified on a bloke who's done that? I mean, do you think that he's come out and, and, and sort of ruined the game with all these new techniques? No, I don't think so. He's out coached coaches and he's got the he has had the best cattle down there for the last ten to twelve years. He's had Hall of Fame players and more and future immortals down there and he's he's easily like a top two, three coach in the last fifteen years. That's just the way it is. And they push the envelope a lot down there. They train harder than everyone. But all these, all these little things that PK is talking about is, you know, the, the wrestling and the wrestling component and all these sort of things. They, they just think Melbourne cheats all the time. I played against Melbourne my whole career. You know, there's a lot of success against Melbourne. So I don't really understand where PK is coming from. He's just trying to just have little jabs at, at Belly. Because they're jealous, man. Because they're so fucking successful and they're in Melbourne. Tall poppy syndrome. It's the way Aussies are. It's the way we are. We're just like, all right, you're successful. There must be something wrong with you. You know, let's just bag. Let's just bag your culture. Let's say that you cheats and all this kind of shit. Instead of embracing what a great club they are and a great coach Craig Bellamy is, let's fucking start bagging him. That's just the way it is. That's the way Australian media is and that's the way Fox League is. It's just bullshit. You know, in the Telegraph, they just write about shit. It's all negative. They love it. Sells papers, gets us talking about it. You know, I think it's a load of shit. Craig Bellamy's arguably one of the best coaches and great men of this rugby league era. I just, I just think you can't say anything negative about it. Look what he's done. What I a just great love, human. I love the Craig Bellamy passion in the box and he's Ricky crazy. Shirley. You know, that's that's yeah. what you want to see. Did you, you see that last see? week when he oh. when when oh, I would hate to be that young kid when he didn't pass the ball. <laughs> you know, you can't blame him completely, but. Um. Yeah. Oh, would if I was a forward? Would you? I wouldn't talk to him for a week. He wouldn't care. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. I'm joking. Care. But I think. I mean, why? Why are you having a go at Bellamy for? Now Belly's come out going. You know what? He's 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 had it. Like, imagine if you're responsible for Craig Bellamy walking away from the game. Do you yeah, feel better? Right. Yeah. Do you actually feel better? You, oh man, you remember that day? I fucking got Belly. Belly quit because I could. He couldn't cop a little bit in the media. You feel like a fuckwit. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be proud of like being that dude. Like you should be trying to embrace this the, the winning cultures and like you know Melbournes and you know the success they have. We just can't do it because they're so good. They are so good. It's, it's, it is tall poppy syndrome at its best, man. Well, winning culture seemingly is coming quite easily to the Panthers at the moment. The Panthers are up on Thursday night against Manly. Manly wow. have been dog shit. And Des has, like, I don't know if it's, he's picked the same side. I don't know if it's because he's got no one else to pick from. I don't know if it's because he trusts the players. I don't know if he's lost his, lost his mind. Let's but, not even preview that game. Let's review fucking Melbourne and Panthers and kick our saver. Yeah. Oh, try saver. Oh my, he was on the ground, on the ground trying to milk a penalty. Did don't you get tip, me wrong. Did you tip the Panthers? I did tip the Panthers. I, I thought I was on a roll and then I lost everything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I'm back. Uh, he gets off the ground, runs 30 metres in a sprint and saves the, saves the game. Like that was unbelievable. And to beat and to even beat Melbourne, I know that there was a few injuries of Burton coming in for Cleary and Pappenhausen out, but they had some – it was it was probably one of the best games we've seen in the last couple of years. Do you reckon that the Panthers now will feel as though the Storms – Beatable? Like, do you reckon there was any hangover effect from that? No, game because there's or? no Felice Cafusi and there was no Pappenhausen. Mm. They're two rep players. They no changed. Cleary. They changed the game. No Cleary. I understand that. 
but still, yeah, that's two two people. No Fanukin. You know, you get those blo- you get those bo- blokes back. It's a whole different side. They're hard to beat, but Penrith they would have got them a lot. A lot of confidence, you know, going into the, that next battle with Melbourne because Melbourne can fuck you over mentally. Yeah. They really drive you. You know, some teams have gone, gone, gone through years without beating Melbourne. That's why, they, that's why they act like they've won a grand final every time they beat Melbourne. Mm. It's something special. So you've got to savour that and put it in the memory bank and know that you can mentally get over that hump, you know, because some of these kids probably haven't beaten Melbourne before. Yeah. They're a good young side, Penrith. They're going to really good. They're going to That Burton, man. Like, God, do you see him kick that fucking ball? It's like... Kicked from the 30, landed on the 20. Do you reckon Huge. he's now thinking... I used to do that all the time. Trent. Why at training? Very good. Why did, why did I sign with the Bulldogs? <laughs> I'd be like... Obviously, he... I mean, it's, it's round three. You can't just, you know, think that you've done the wrong thing. He knows what, where Penrith's heading with Luai and, um, you know, Cleary's going to be there. Hopefully, they'll be there for the next 10 years. What's Burton going to do? Playing the centres, by the looks. No, <laughs> no but he's, 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 he's a leader of the, He's a leader, and he's a great 5'8". Not great. I'm not going to throw that word around lightly. He's a decent 5'8", and he's going to have some um, some help there next year. He's going to be a big key to that side. Take some pressure off Flanagan. You're going to have Fox there. Hopefully, he'll get a new forward of the Dogs. But, yeah, he hasn't made the wrong decision. Bulldogs are playing against the Rabbitohs. That's another carve-up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you look at these you look at these two. And you look at these teams last year, and you go, that's a fair game. That's a fair game. So three rounds into it, you're like you're fucking writing the dogs off and the eagles straight away. So, but how how do sides either get that much better or that much worse? Because of the spine of the teams and the way the forwards are, you can see what's happening in the game right now. You know who's behind forwards with no leg speed. Gone yeah. are the days where you're this 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 robotic prop that gets to, sets numbers, lines, and stuff. You need an offload. You need leg speed. And you need pace. You can't be this slow fucking dude in the middle of the middle of the field. You're getting nowhere. Every single I've been watch, I watch every single game. And all I do is watch middles. Everybody with great leg speed and an offload in the middle, you're carving up. Have a look at Parramatta Junior Paulo footwork, big Reggie, good leg speed. Nathan Brown, great leg speed, good footwork. All can pass a ball. They're carving up other middles. You know, like if you've got three middles that can't pass a ball between three of us, you can't move the ruck. And if you've got a nine there that isn't jumping out and creating something, you're getting fucked up. I don't care if you've got two of the biggest dudes. You've got Hetherington, who's a big guy, Dylan Napper, who's a big boy, and you've got Josh Jackson. That's your, mid- that's your middle. And I don't even know who the hooker is, Marshall King or someone else. Like they just, they're not moving the ruck. It's one out. They don't, pass, they don't pass to each other. They have no connect with their back rowers. You know what I mean? So therefore, they, the teams that are like that, that are real cumbersome through the middle, no leg speed, no no pre-line pass, you're not going to get you're not going to get to the top eight. You're definitely one. I've been watching that for three weeks now, and the game's evolved again. You need that pass in the middle. You can't just be this robotic dude because three dudes are going to get you and smack the shit out of you, put you on your back, slow play the ball. Mm. It's it's and it fucks your whole setup. Let's talk about. The Rabbitohs, I mean, the Rabbitohs will beat the Bulldogs. So, but that Rabbitohs Roosters game, have you ever seen a game? I mean, in obviously it's different year and now, but have you ever seen one bloke targeted the way Jairo was targeted by the Roosters? No, I, I can't remember. They reckon they were screaming his name when he came yeah. on, and Warrior Hargraves. Went I can't. <laughs> I can't wait for Origin. I just that was all off because they he knocked Teddy well, out. Yeah, that's in it. that Origin. He didn't even knock him out. He picked him up. Yeah, it was, but like, like yeah. I remember we watched it. And I was like, "Fuck, that is so bad." Yeah, it's just because in Origin everything just moves quick, moves quick, and next minute you just get on with the next play, next play. They they didn't forget about it. Jairo and I'm, I, it. I loved it. 
I the giant arrow him. loved it as well. Yeah. He's a tough dude, man. Hargraves went after him, man. Everybody went after him. Yeah. It, was, it was a great old school game. I loved it. It was, it was a brutal game. Do it reckon, was a brutal game. Do you reckon the Roosters took it a bit too far and took their eye off what they were going to do? No. You don't reckon? <laughs> yes. maybe, maybe Hargraves. He's that dude that just like, he pushes the envelope, man. As soon as Harrow went on, he's he fucking was crazy. On. I love the way big JWH plays. He just went after him. He's like, I'm going to go for him. I don't give a fuck if I'm going to do back to back to back penalties. I understand. I mean, like it didn't work out because they didn't win. Mm. But if you know, you got to you got to do that, man. Some people need to be put on notice, and you know, Jai Arrow stood up to it. Nothing but respect he for did. him. Yeah, he came. I mean, this is one of these. This is the era where you fucking thank God. There's no you can't fight because that would have been a fight from day dot, and it would have been away. it would but it would have been settled in Origin three. That would have been a straight punch yeah. in the head back in the, you know, just say five years ago. But rules have changed. I'm not condoning condoning fighting. But um, that's just the way it is. This is the way they're going to get back at players. Well, you did You're just going to have to fucking go at them. You did mention via, because that was our Twitter game. Yeah. Um, we've got to work out who we're going to tweet this week. But um, oh, you said there's a difference between hard, aggressive play and that little rabbit punch that that bloke threw. Yeah, you know that the young that kid. I mean, he's he got super super pumped up. I think it was his maybe his second or third game. That's just too much aggression and in the wrong in, in the, the wrong, wrong in the wrong way. Because I would have respected him more if Jairo got the ball he or he got the out. ball and they fucking connected just one on one. Yeah, that's what I want. You know, Jairo's he's on the ground. He's just had a hit up and you punch him in the back of the head. No go, man. Yeah. That's just silly. That's a young kid just doing some dumb shit. Next time, get the ball, run straight at Jairo, or when Jairo gets the ball, you be the man in front of him and you fucking give it to him. Like with Pangai You get it to him legally. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pangai for feeder, that's fine. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that way I think if, if the young kid had his way again, he would be like, all right, let, let, let me do it this way. But that's just the young kid just um, not knowing how to um, get his anger way, out. I love the way Arrow was waving at him too. That was unreal. And that would piss me off so much if I was a current player because I couldn't, like, impose my will on these dudes and I know this, and you can't do shit about it because you get sent off. You let your whole team down, but that's just discipline now. You got to have discipline. So um, I did. They were a little bit ill-disciplined, you know, because these penalties hurt you. The Storm Broncos. That's another example. The Broncos won last week. It was um, two all after sixty minutes. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was actually one of the worst games of football of all time. I was at the Slipper obviously on Saturday, so I watched Super Saturday on Monday. Fucking drain my life. That wasn't a good game. So, And look, the Broncos, congratulations to the Broncos. And they've got some cattle back this week. They've got Lodge and Haas back in the middle. They'll be all right, um, man. Yeah, and look they'll at that go middle. Okay. Look at Lodge, Haas, and, and Big Pangai Jr., bench, yeah. Flegler. Is he off the bench? Oh, Pangai's on the bench now. Yeah. yeah. So, Which is what I mean. The difference between his game against Fafita and then, I mean, I know he had, he had a decent game against the Bulldogs, but I want him to run with the fucking anger that he had with Fafita. Hmm. All the time. All the time. Yeah. He'll be one of the most dominant forwards. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's another game. I'm not even... Yeah. The, Bron- Look, the Broncos can't win that. I, I, like, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, I think the Broncos have got a, a good young side that, you know, over a period of time will improve. Mm-hmm. This isn't the week for them after the storm have lost two yeah. in a row. Munster's Sharks and Cowboys. No, really cares. Look, that's another, that's another game that it's not... It's not that it's a bad game of football... Because, um, yeah, don't get me wrong, the standard of football is amazing. Yeah. I love it. But, but there's the, a difference these, between... These are two... They'll like, even each other out. These these are two not very good sides. The Sharks will win, I think, but the Cowboys have been dog shit as well. But it's one of those games where it's not like, you know, you haven't got 
two great teams going at it. You've got but that's two what okay makes, teams. Yeah, but that's some, these games will be all right. That'll be okay. Super sad, though. Titans versus the Raiders. This That'll is, be this is the that's game. a good game. This is the game. Titans, so now unstoppable the Titans on the weekend. Oh. Fasu Malawi, uh, Fodawaka, Fafita, uh, Wallace, Jared Wallace. They're uh, Lasoni, number fifteen. Yeah. They are playing a brand where I love the coach. I, I played. I played with him, but he 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 um he's been over in England. And they play a more expansive game. They just have a fucking shot, shot for shot for shot. They make defensive work, defenses work. Over there, their defense is not as good as ours. Now he's brought the defense here. So these kids can defend, but they are throwing everything at you on every single play. Like these forwards are passing the ball. They've got probably the most, I think they've got the best, most balanced side, balanced pack in the whole country. Such comp. a good pack. You know what I mean? Like um, so dynamic. They powered through the middle last week and they just monstered that other team. It was scary. Um, I think, yeah, they played the Cowboys. And the Cowboys haven't got an ordinary pack. Yeah, they've got some fucking big boppers in there. But they couldn't stop them. And the, and the difference between when the bench went on and, and replaced the starters, there was no difference. No. I mean, that's a scary pack. And they're playing with confidence now. They've got some, you know, they're, what are they, two from three? And Peachy's been good too. And Peachy's been him. great. See, they've got, yeah. they, they, they can change it up because they know that the Cowboys haven't got a really big dominant pack, really aggressive. So you're going to go off the two, you put... Big Tino up up to front row with Jared Wallace, and then you put a ball player. So they're the difference between locks, as I explained a couple of weeks ago. The the Peaches and the Cam Murrays who get on there, they toil. They, they're they're ball players. They connect with their with their edge back rolls. They push their front rolls a little bit wider from the ruck, and that's what he ha- that's what happened. You try and get on the edge straight away just to play more football. So um, Holbrooks he's he's working that out. He knows what Cattley has. He knows what Peachy can bring. And when he when that when when he starts, that'd be a key indicator. If I was the opposite, to going, all right, they're going to get a little bit wider of the ruck. You know what I mean? They're going to hit at C and the four men, and that's what they did. And they got they got a, they got a really good balance. They're playing some good football, a good brand of football. People forget Peachy played Origin two years ago. He's a good player, yeah, mate. Yeah, and all, good player, good hitter. I tell you, you always talk about depth and one to seventeen, and your bench being important. But Herman Sasa. He yeah. can't even make the side. That he was says, one of Newcastle's best. That speaks best, volumes. That you know? speaks volumes yeah. about where the Titans are in their middle. 100%. He's a middleman. He can't be anywhere else but the middle, and he can't even get in there. See, that's, that'd be, if I was an 18th man, that's where Herman is, and you've got a young kid coming in and taking your pl- place. Yeah. That's where I'd be fucking pissed off. Yeah. You're always pissed off. You're a very angry person. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you who is angry, and that's the good people in Newcastle, because the Knights have... Offered so much and delivered so little lately, and they've done it again. They've come out and they've had a dog shit game against a side that everyone expected them to be mm. in the Tigers. Look, the Tigers were tough. The Tigers played well, but the Knights lost that game. Yeah, I mean, it was just they just lost the game. Yeah, I thought that would um, Sunday playing up there at McDonald Jones Stadium, twenty five thousand people there, maybe less. Sunday Arvo, beautiful day. That is what you dream of when you play in Newcastle. They are the days that you want. Piercy's 300th game. It was there, like it was right there, and they couldn't, they couldn't get it done. And they had the, they had the game. It was like four minutes ago, and then they let that try in. Yeah, it was just like, come on, man. Like you think with with all the chips in, and they still couldn't pull it off. Like you'd be pretty disappointed. It wasn't. That'd be one of those games. You're like, fuck. Remember we had the Tigers. If they're sitting at like. Ninth or tenth spot in like you know round twenty four twenty five you know they they don't want that they're too good a team and they should be putting teams away so they'll be really disappointed maybe it's maybe that's the time when they go back and go you know what 
we're not as good as we as we think we are. You know, we, you take that you take the the plays from Bradman Best two weeks before. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, he doesn't come up with those brilliant single handedly individual like brilliance. They probably lose to the Warriors. Yep, you know what do. I mean. So, and they beat the Bulldogs who don't count. And they dog, yeah, the dogs. You know, they can't you know, score a point. The only thing like that they've got going for him, Ben Hunt has been like a different footballer this year. I mean, he really has. And so for the Dragons to have to go out 71 minutes him, with one leg, huh? Yeah, he had a busted leg. That's ballsy, man. He has. I feel sorry for him. He's just hitting his straps. I was going to say he can't get a break, but it's just that's poor, isn't it? That's <laughs> fucked. It's not bad. Uh, I didn't even mean it. No, you're just funny naturally. Just fucking hilarious. hilarious. You know, I'm just a hilarious person. Um, I, look, I, I fe- do you know what? I, I came out at the start of the year and I said, um, and what I am – very, very aware of is how badly my predictions are going for this year. But I thought the Dragons would be towards the bottom of the... They're not going to make the eight, I don't think. I still stand by that. But they've been a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And a lot of that is from Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt has really yeah. stood up um, and, I don't know, led that side around and been the player that they, they bought for a billion dollars a year a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been under immense pressure. Probably the most the kid under the most pressure, him and Ash Taylor. Yeah. But it's only because of the money that they're on, which and sucks. It's, which, and Milford. It's all because they're over a million dollars each, which yeah. is fucking sad. But it's just the way. It's just the way it is. You know. They, they, otherwise, no one would care about them no. if they're on. If they're on three hundred, no one gives a fuck about Ben Hunt or Ash Taylor or Milford. But yeah. you're on a million dollars, so you know that's just got to deal with it. And I'm glad that he's been playing some good football because he's a, he's a great player. The only reason why we not we everyone sort of comes down on Ben Hunt because we know what sort of talent he has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's, he's a special talent. Like so, you just sort of live up to that, be consistent, and just play your best football. Which sucks now because he was actually going on a good. He was on a good run, and this little thing happened. So hopefully, it's not that bad. The Roosters Warriors game. I don't know. That's. I know you like the Warriors. I don't know we're not supposed to do our tips now. We do that right at the end of the show for some reason. I still don't understand why the producer does <laughs> that. But the the Roosters, they are under. An injury crisis, you know, and really? they've got young kids coming through, and I get it. And the Warriors were good last week, yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like that Roosters side. I said from the very start, if they lose Luke Kiry, the season's over. I said that. Oh, well, you're in the, right. And so I still think that the Roosters will struggle, but I don't think they're going to drop every single game for the rest of the year just because Luke Kiry. Look at the rest of the side; they've got a good team. It's just to how they go in the halves. I reckon oh, Manu goes all struggle, right. man. I reckon Manu goes all right at six. Do you reckon? I reckon. Sure, I don't think. I don't think so. Like he's is a right just, side. He's a right side center. Is that just my? No, I just think you just you get your fucking out. Roosters jersey off. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just don't think he will because he's he is a specialist right side center, one of the best defensive centers, one of the best you know attackers in the game. I don't. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he has a skill set. Otherwise, they wouldn't be playing him. Yeah. But he's there for his defence. You know, and you chuck Sam Walker in the middle there. Not a good time to make your debut. And I'm pretty sure if Kiri was still around and Lamb, I think he was nearly on the chopping block. Mm. If he didn't get injured, I think he would have been. One, that was one of the games. Where it was like, if you don't perform, we're going to put Sam Walker in. Mm. You know, and he, unfortunately he got um, he got injured. But yeah, it's just tough times for the Roosters. No boy corner. No Jake Friend. Um, Verrills is out. Verrills is out. Radley's uh, back um, this week. You'll make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I'd nearly put Victor Radley at, at five eight. You almost could. 
You know, like he, he plays as a, such a great ball player in the middle. He just has to get a little bit wider. His defense is probably better than anyone's. You're not going to really spot him up. He's going to jam you. And um, you can still put Manu out there a little bit wider. But there must – I mean, I think in a perfect world you'd put Victor Radley there if he had played all last year and played this year. But he hasn't played since round, you know, five last year. You can't so he's, you can't play. expect this. He can't yeah. move as good as he was. You're going to give him – you have to give him at least six weeks to get his legs. And um, hopefully he finishes the year, no injuries. But um, I think they would be putting him at six because yeah. he has that skill set and he's a, he's a dynamic player. So you don't have to push Manu in. But it is what it is. You know, Manu's going to handle it. Just take pressure off, um, off Walker. You know, but they're, they're, they're in a hole. Uh, no doubt about that. You know, there's the leadership out there. It comes under Hargraves, um, Takeyaho. They're the senior players now. You know what I mean? B-Moz, J-Moz. Wingers and centers, you can't really dictate the game Not that so much. much you, you know, do, you can't really do that much, but, you know, have the energy before the, the whole week. You know, you're going to rely on BMOS, JMOS, all the senior players to get all these young kids in the right frame of mind. So they've got a big job. Warriors have been good too. Full credit to Warriors. I mean, oh, look, man. what they are doing again this year, I, I actually think it's galvanized that group more than just. Yeah. Like, if you look at. Any club that's been affected, all clubs have been affected somewhat. The Warriors are definitely the side that have been affected the most by the last sort of 16 months. Yeah, I think I think why they come so close is because of the Polynesian effect that they have there. The brotherhood that they have there is different than Australians. Do you know what I mean? Like every time we play for Australia, we're all great individual, great friends. But like you play against the New Zealand side with all the, you know, all the brothers over in that team, the fucking teams that we played against, they had a brotherhood. They were hanging out all the time. They, they, they enjoy everybody's, each other's companies. They're best mates. They galvanise better than anyone. You know what I mean? Unless you know, they've got a great coach there, but they're a brotherhood. You know, do you know what I mean? Like with all, the, with all the Polynesian boys, they get around together, they sing songs, they pray and do all that kind of stuff. You know, it should be like the Tongan and Samoan team, the New Zealand team. Most of these guys have represented at the highest, at the highest level. You know what I mean? So they're going to they have that brotherhood, which would be different from a team like just say the Titans or the Bulldogs or somewhere going and relocating to New Zealand. Mm. You know, it's a little bit different when you got those you got those guys there that really love each other's company. They can bunker down, have that siege mentality, and just make it a real brotherhood because you can see they're playing for each other. You see Bunty of Foles' effort. Oh yeah, massive. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no need for him to be there, but he wanted to be there. Can't coach that shit. Could have easily backed off, but he made that run. Got Simonson down. You know, and even though it was twelve nil, would have been like eighteen nil up. Could have, could have cost them a game. They could have run away with that. And then, the, and have the the only team that could come back from that game is the Warriors. I've played those guys so many fucking times, and you think if you're 22, 26 points ahead, I've been in that position. They run you down. They don't care, and they've gone back to playing Warriors football where they just play off the cuff. So you see, two of us a check was on another level. So he was good. getting the ball whenever he wanted to. There was flick passes, there was offloads, any, and, and it's the hardest to defend against because everybody as as a defensive system works the same. It's hard to defend against a team that just does not care. They're running, hitting holes, they're flicking the ball back out, they're they're attacking this side. The next minute they're over the other side. It it runs and especially like Canberra, you know, like being under the pump with three of their middles off. That's the team that is the only team that could have beat the Raiders in. I actually, speaking about Bunny Afoa, his hair is so much better than your hair when uh, you had the afro. So why is there no Bunny Afoa wigs? Because he didn't. Have, he doesn't have his out. He should though. They should. Oh, I'm going to start. Hair. I'm going to start. I don't think. He, I don't think he could. He could wear it out. It's too long. It's too long. You couldn't. But that. I mean, that game, Canberra and, and the Warriors, that was ridiculous. I mean, the, the Canberra team, they were under the pump. 
And the Warriors just kept coming at them, even though it was at 25, 20, 25 to 6 at halftime. Yeah. And then they, they got back into it, and then Canberra scores that try, and you'd think that would break another team. That didn't break. Tigers-Eels. This is always a grudge match because all the fans hate each other. I don't know why they hate each other so much. I guess because they're all Westies. <laughs> but, yeah, there just seems to be, um, ever since I've got on Twitter – uh, good Twitter. I love Twitter. You're amazing at Twitter. Oh, it's my favourite thing to do. I love spending my weekends Twittering. It's great. <laughs> but um, the Tigers and the Eels fans on Twitter, they are just they go rel- at it? Oh, mate, they're relentless at each other. Anyway, uh, I Who think... Who do you reckon will win? Oh, look, I think the Eels, but I think it'll be closer than people think. I think the Tigers... Oh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Luke Brooks played well last week. Will Luke Brooks play well this week? He's got, he's got a forward pack that's starting to go forward a little bit. Um, that Dane Laurie's their best player, there's no question. Um, he's How good are the Panthers going that they let a bloke go because he can't make their 17 and he goes to the West Tigers and he's their best yeah. player? He's a talent. I mean, he's, he's a talent yeah. and they just couldn't keep him. I mean, I bet they wish they had kept him now. I mean, oh, with the, with the young out. kid Edwards yeah. out. He's out for four to six weeks. So it'll be interesting what they do there, the Penrith. But... At least the Tigers, man, last week would have given them a hell of a lot of confidence in their mind. You know, 3-0 and would have been awful. At least they've won one game against a team that was undefeated. So their confidence levels would, would go up. Do you reckon after last week, Michael Maguire, he took them all to paintball and gave them fairy floss? Or do you reckon he just went I wonder what his harder. approach was. I think he would have eased up. I think he eased up. You know, he as I said, we, we've said it before. Doesn't have the cattle like he did at, uh, at South. He could, he could, he had a couple of rough riders there that could, he could really get into them mentally, and they had leaders there. Like he's got to pick and choose what he does with this group. They're a little bit more sensitive. Mm. Men are sensitive these days. Very sensitive, sensitive new age guys. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're not going to pick a Twitter game now. I'll tell you why we're not because I'm extremely popular. This Friday night, my son's playing before the Brumbies Waratahs game at the SCG, so I can't do then. I reckon Titans and Raiders. When's that? Saturday. Saturday, night? the last game. I got a lunch on, so Fuck I'm going to be. No, I can still tweet. I just it will be. You'll be drunk tweeting. It'll be incoherent. Don't drink and tweet. That's just like a rule. I literally. It's have, up there with drinking and driving. I have not ever tweeted sober. <laughs> Let me tell you. So <laughs> I'm six from six drunks tweeting. Uh, all right. So the next thing. We will get back to you on when we're going to tweet, but everyone loves the tweeting. Mm. People love your tweets more than my tweets, let's be fair. I'm, I'm sort of certain. You are soft. No, I just, no one cares. Hey, it's Neil from The Green Room here, and if you like this podcast, then maybe you'd like other handshake agency shows like, I don't know, don't want to brag, but maybe The Green Room Podcast. I'd say swipe up, but you're listening to this, obviously, so maybe when you're done with this episode, just swipe back to thepodcast.com.au and hit The Green Room tab. I'm sorry, there's no easy way to word that, but the show is much easier to listen to this than the instructions I'm giving right now, I promise. So, um, thanks for your time. Uh, Willie's Big Boys. That literally just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I did not expect that at all. I'm glad I'm going to remember that for next week. So, William... Big boys votes. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great thing to, to pick all these young kids and these big boys because there's about like 10 that I've got to separate because they're pretty even. All I do is go on, you know, like I'm not really big on the meterage, you know, if you're a big, you know, if you make 200 plus meters because I look at where you're making those meters, if you're getting them off um, 
offline dropouts, kickoffs. You know, if you do five or six of those, that's an easy 100 metres. You get 100 metres through the middle and like some decent metres, you know, when it's when you're on the back foot and everything like that. That's, why I, that's what I rate. Ryan Sutton's got my three points. He played 73 minutes, got 200 plus metres and 50 plus fucking tackles. That's unbelievable. It's a lot. The big pommy dude was on another level. I mean, um, you got to give nothing but respect. And he's not even a starting forward. You mm. know what I mean? He um, he got the nod because Danam Slu got um, left out of the team. And he stood up big time. And um, that was just, just nothing but respect. And, and playing against the Warriors, I look, at, I look at the team as well. The opposition team, you know, what sort of forwards they got. And the Warriors, I don't care if they come in last or first, they've always got about a top four pack. Um. Two votes for Viliami Kikau. I think just because of that. Mainly, I mean, it's 60 minutes, 130 plus metres, over 20 tackles. You know, easy. He was putting some... Every time he hits, he just seems to fold people. He just hits you like a fucking ton of bricks. Um, just so dangerous on that left edge. Playing against Melbourne. You know what I mean? Melbourne is, you know, they're the cream of the crop when it comes to defences. And just that last desperation try saver. I just can't leave him out. The dude just, yeah, he's, he's on another level. And just one vote for Adam Fanua Blake, you know, 50-plus minutes, 175 metres, over 20 tackles. You know, he's tackle bust, he's passing of the ruck, you know what I mean? Like, just he's, his footwork, he, the big minutes that he plays, he always, I just look at two of us a Sheck, he's so dangerous, but I'm looking at the forwards, I'm like, you know, Adam Fanua Blake all the time. He just makes metres after metre, and the runs that he that he does is tough. They're always tough. They're always in the middle. It's one off the ruck. People are lining up for him all the time. It's fair shot, and they still can't hit him. So that's that's my um, big boys for the week. Do you know what I feel like you going from three votes to one vote is kind of like if you went to the Academy Awards and they read out the winner and then they did the nominations after. I want you to start with one. Build the suspense, please. Fuck you. Next week. <laughs> it doesn't say Ian's big boys. It says Willie's big boys. No, that's true. You do whatever you want. All right. Uh, so now we are on to, well, we talked about your betting before. William, you're actually getting, I don't like you putting yourself down. You're actually getting quite good at this. We're I'm, going, stu- I'm studying a little bit. We're going to be joined now as we always are, by Big Hazza, Big Harry from bettingsite.com.au who very kindly uh, allow us to have our bets every week where we can win money for... Did we get a win on the weekend? No, we did not. (laughs) We did not. But that's okay because Harry won the first two weeks. So we're in front. We're in front and we will, as I have said, let people know how they can get involved with the competition, right. but it won't be till later in the year because the producer's lazy. So, Harry, welcome. How are we? Mate, terrific. We're good. Terrific. I think uh, you look as if you're in a home studio there, are you, mate? Yeah, on, on location this week, moving around the town a bit as, as I like to do, keep everyone guessing, but... Mate, you must have been thrilled when four moves ahead was just way out the back in the slipper. So the producer, no good. I mean, you must have been thrilled. Do you know what it is, though? Because of the fact that the only thing that I can do is back what he backs because if he does win, at least I get some sort of win out of it. I might, if he loses, it makes me happy. But if I win, think about the kids. Think about the kids, you two. Jeez. I do think of. I was about to say I do think about children, but that's. <laughs> we'll be off the air. We'll be off the air next week. I'm more for a bit of shouting, by the way. But 
I think the next time the producer, if he wants to do it right, he really does need to get to betting site, study the form a little bit better, yeah, and advice. we might be able to find him a winner. I don't think he went and read four moves ahead. I, like I don't think I don't think he went to the right place. He should have gone to betting site to do it. So that's on the producer for that one. So most of it is. Do you follow the horses, mate? Are you a horses fan? Mate, I do get into the horses from time to time. It's generally through the autumn and then in the spring. I, I really piked my interest. You know, I just like to, you know, oh, there's, oh it's Saturday morning. I might, might, might flick the horses on. I'll start having, I'll start flicking through, having a bit of a read of the form, go to the paper, get the tab guide out. And yeah, don't mind it. It's a good way to do it because Absolutely. It is, it's an exciting time of year. I'm, I haven't been to the races. I went to the races. Not that long ago, and they make mm. you sit down and do it anyway. It's, that's that's mm. the world we live in these days. But I like to get up and mingle. I'm a man of the people. Uh, so my bets this week, I'm going to start with mine because I'm clearly the most important. I would like this week to take. I was talking before with William about the dog shit games that we are facing in terms of the gaps between the two. So with that in mind, I'm going to take the Panthers thirteen plus. South 13 plus. I'm going to take the Sharks and the Eels head to head, and I'm going to take the Queensland Reds head to head because the Reds bet was about the only thing I got wrong last week. <laughs> so that is what I would like to bet on. Thank you. Look, I look Panthers South 13 plus. That that almost feels like a gimme. If they if those are games are one to twelve, then something's seriously gone wrong, and you can really consider yourselves unlucky. Sharks Eels should get the business done. Sharks against the Cowboys. They've won their last five against the Cowboys, so should feel pretty good about that. Eels against the Tigers, that that has been a fixture that they've sort of – do we remember the 50 points they put on them in the opening at uh, Bank West and the corresponding fixture two years ago? We obviously didn't have an Easter round last year due to COVID. So I do yeah, remember that because I backed the Tigers yeah. that day. Yeah. So, so look, and the Reds head-to-head. Five bucks. I reckon you're right on the money there. Thank you. All right. right. William? Uh, Mine is Panthers 13 plus. Storm and Broncos over 43.5 points for the win, isn't it? Yep. Overs. No, overs. Overs, overs. So that's the amount of points they can score. The both of them. All right. Combined. Bulldogs and Rabbits under 43.5 points. And the Dragons, seven and a half. Look, so, I don't mind. I don't mind Willie's Dragons seven and a half um, point spread for the Dragons, even though they've got no Ben Hunt this week. The Dragons do have a really good record up in Newcastle. Traditionally, they've gone yeah, and always, it's always played a really well there. They always play well there. So the plus seven and a half is not a bad pick there. Panthers big tick thirteen plus. Get them in there. Storm and Broncos. A little bit worried about going the overs there because six of the last seven games at Amy Park have gone unders. So, I mean, we haven't played a lot of footy there in the last 18 months or two, or, or closer to two years now with coronavirus. Mm. So maybe that's a bit of an anomaly. But, yeah, I actually think the Bulldogs and Rabbitohs might go over as well. Really? And that's, and, and that's, and that's purely on the Rabbitohs. If, they, if the Rabbitohs show up and... Their fair income, they'll put a cricket score on them. This level of negativity early on, Harry, I don't know. Yeah. It's you've just basically ripped two of his four apart. I'm That's fine. Do you know what? I guess if if we win, we win, and if and I'm I think, used to losing. Don't worry about it, William. <laughs> I am not fussed at all. Will, if this will, doesn't come up. I would like to point out that if this bet does come up. 
probably next week you need to wear a flak jacket because Willie will be yeah. coming at you very hard. I'll get you live on the show. <laughs> uh, now, the producer's got a bet. He's gone Miami bound at $15 with bet 365 in the Sydney wow. Cup. Yep. I will uh, I will tell a quick story about the Sydney Cup. Five years ago, Jim Cassidy was on board Grand Marshal at $51 and the I had $5 pump. in my pocket, threw it on, and who came home? Who was last at the 400-metre mark but got home? Grand Marshal at $51 might be the greatest bet I've ever had, and sadly I only put five and not 50 on it. So I've got some bittersweet memories of the Sydney Cup. But Miami Band, the four-year-old mayor, Looks every chance. Didn't perform really well in the wet last week or on the soft track at, at Rose Hill. So gets to, a chance to redeem itself, you know, at 15 bucks. 15 the good bucks odds. Good. Yeah, it's good, good odds. odds. He's, yeah, he's not Is the Sydney Cup the one that we usually get on oh, the Everest is usually for my birthday, isn't it? No, this is this is normally where we go. Okay. So this is, yeah, Sydney Cup, 3,200. It's like the Melbourne Cup, but shit. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so. But nobody goes. Harry. <laughs> We go. We've been a few times where I spend my entire time taking photos of you with random people going, really, photo? It's good. I love going out with you. It's fun. Uh, so, Harry, you've got a bet. I'm I looking do. At, I'm looking at the sheet here, Harry. Your bet, I hope your bet gets up. Tell us about your bet. Look, all right, so my bet. So I think the Panthers and the Rabbitohs at the line, well, they're at Give, being given a 21-and-a-half-point start. I do love disrespectful lines. So any time you get to the 18 and 20 points, I'm all about it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think the Sharks and the Knights at the line, they're only at about a seven-and-a-half, eight-point line. Um, the Knights purely because last year, every time they had a loss and they played at home the next week, they won 13-plus. They did that three times. So I'm sort of banking on them not dropping the ball 18 times again. Uh, the Sharks, like I said before, they've won the last five over the Cowboys, so I like them to get the chocolates there. And the Warriors head-to-head is going to give me $38.98 at Neds um, with that, what have we got, a five-legger. Uh, I just think the Warriors are much more settled. The Roosters have got a lot going on uh, just in terms of, you know, personnel coming in and out. They only had, they had to get exemptions to include players out of their squad to be named this week. They're just... They're sort of a little bit all over the shop. I think it's going to be a tough month for them. I think the Warriors, if you can get $2.70 for them in the head-to-head, get on them. I feel like you've just backed the Knights because you like them, Harry. <laughs> I do I do like the Knights, but 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 there is a bit of a method to my madness there. Yeah. All right. Well, mate, thank you once again. I do like how it's got all the different, you know, you get the best odds regardless of where they come from. It's terrific. It takes all the hard work out of it. So... Well done to you and well done to bettingsite.com.au. Bet right at betting site. You like that one? Oh, did you make that up? Yeah, I did. Mm. I, Genius. I did not make that up. I should have. Thanks, Harry. Mate, we'll see you next right, week. I'll we'll see you guys next week. And if uh, and if Willie's bet gets up, you really do yeah. need to expect to wear quite a For great the rest deal of, of our shit. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> see you, mate. We talked about the uh, pressure gauge on coaches, William, and I mm-hmm. said the producer was under pressure. I'm under pressure now. Do you know why? Why? Because we need to tell people to gamble responsibly. All right. Gamble responsibly. Thank you. All right. So we're going to do the tips now, are we? All right. Do we read them out? We read them out. All right. So my tips are as follows. The Panthers, the Rabbitohs, the Storm, the Sharks, 
the Titans, the Knights, the Roosters, and the Eels. I know. Uh, yeah, I've got the Panthers, Rabbits, Storm, Sharks, Titans, Knights, Warriors, and Eels. And Harry and the producer have also put their tips in, but I'm not going to read them out. You can just find them on we'll many of them our, up on social our socials pages. anyway. We put up on socials every week for our bets, so you can hold us accountable so I can't lie. You would never lie. I would never, ever lie to you people. You would never come lie. Come on, come uh, on. So, yeah, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, get on Twitter, get on Everything, MySpace, man. get on all of them. All our tips are everywhere. William, mm. we – this is topical, this one. So there was a, a Willie Mason headline we're doing behind the headlines. So you've actually, in 2015 – My last year in the NRL, right? Yep, so you were playing at Manly. Steve Maddai got knocked out. You came out and said that basically there's no way Steve Maddai should have been allowed to play because he was knocked out badly and there was a couple of other bad knockouts. Kyle Turner, I think, who played for the Rabbitohs at that stage. Um, And you said that there should be tougher stances on concussion. So it appears as if you were about six years ahead of your time. I always am. Always. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> no, wow. I mean, my stance hasn't changed on that, and I think everybody has, you know, evolved, and the HIA has evolved, and the protocols and everything like that. So, you know, I was I was always against, you know, players. I mean, I, I went through that 2000 era, you know, when it was like a badge of honour getting through, like, getting through, like, a knockout, and then the team, you know, the club doctor coming and saying, you're right, and you just stay on and, and all that kind of stuff. I played with guys like Marco Mealy and some of the toughest blokes in the game. They'd never go off. You know, and it was like a, it was that badge of honor. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't particularly like it, but sometimes you have to take, take us off. You have to take it out of the player's hands. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, you to, said, you said in this particular me. article, I'm quoting you now. Uh, there was one occasion Mason said, that's you, mm. Willie Mason, Esquire, said there was at least one occasion when he played following a head injury when in hindsight he wished he hadn't. It was against the Kiwis and I had a fractured eye socket and they say you can go blind if something goes wrong. You know, mm. there's other things that can send you blind, Will, that you need to probably worry mm. about. Not as much. But, I mean, I've, I've, and that was in, um, in New Zealand, in the, in the Four Nations, when I got hit by Kitwell. It was like my fra- eye, eye socket was fractured. Obviously, they didn't know at that time. But I went on and played the game. We ended up winning. Ended up having a week off and then playing the following week. So it needs to be taken out of the players' hands. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember sitting on the side. I mean, that was in the first 20 minutes I got um, concussed. Played on for another five minutes, went off. So that's 20 minutes into the game, 25 minutes into the game. Don't remember anything until 20 minutes into the second half and then went back on. Mm. That's how far the game has come. But like it's and – and this is – so 2006, fast forward 10 years, 2015, you know, we're still getting players staying on for that badge of honour because you've got to take it out of our hands because we're going to keep fucking playing. We don't care. Like have a look at Boyd Cordner and Jake Friend and these guys. They will play if you don't take it out of their hands. Thank God the Roosters are doing their due diligence and they're looking after these kids. Because if you take that, if you if you don't take it away, I bet Boy Corden and Jake Friend are playing this week. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean. So I'm glad that the the NRL are taking this serious with the with the HIAs and the concussion, the CTE and everything like that. They're, they are taking it serious. There's no more. Be, if if Steve Maddow was playing right now in 2015, he'd be taken off. You know what I mean? He's, he's not going to continue playing games. When he did in 2015, I feel like I'm talking fucking 40 years ago, six years ago. You know, so the game has really jumped on it. They've evolved. Their protocols are really good. They're looking after the players, thank God. And I'm glad they, they, they're doing this. 
Do you, you know, re- so do I'm, you remember what year it was when they started with all of that OJA stuff? 2014. Was it? Yeah, so 2014. It's only, it's only, it's not, it's only years new, ago. mate. It's only new, yeah. and they've, they've changed the rules. And this year is the only one with um, it's gotten as strict as it is. Yeah. You know, with um, the protocols and the you know, like I'm, I'm just glad it's at this level now because the game is is faster. It's more brutal. I know there's no head high tackles, there's no fighting, but the game is brutal. You know what I mean? The hits are harder. Game's faster, under fatigue. You're not as you know, like the first 20, 30 minutes, every everyone everyone's hit is like spot on. You're hitting around the legs, hitting the chest. Everything's um is great, and then fatigue gets in, start slipping high, head clashes, all that kind of stuff. So that's the only reason why these um these these changes are happening to the game. So I'm glad it's doing that. Well, you do you know what? I, this is a good omen for you because you've predicted. HIA stuff six years, seven years in advance. I feel like now you're going to predict your bet's going to come off because you've got the And I'm going to be a professional punter. Yes, let's go. No, you're not. No, you are not. That's not something you're doing. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode whatever it was of The Take with Willie and Ian. We really appreciate all of your support. Thanks, guys. Please rate review subscribe you can get us on apple and spotify you can find all of our social stuff we are genuinely interested in hearing what you've got to say unless you want to write willy who that's just dumb i wrote willie nelson too but if you get on there and you and you rate and review then and we're always going to respond next week we're probably going to um stay after the show and, and and do all the facebook questions and things when they set the computers up and we love in we love interaction we're going to do a twitter game this week we'll put it up on the um on the socials um look at me saying socials like a wanker but anyway we'll put it up on the socials you are and so we'll be here next week same time farewell all right i'll be following willie more and more I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 